solves everything. A how-to-do show where Heather takes credit for making the world a better place by introducing you to people who actually are. I used to think that I was a good person. Then I met these folks. Wow. Hey, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Heather Solves Everything, the show where... I take credit for making the world a better place by introducing you to people who actually are. Today, I'm so excited to have two guests in the studio with me who know a lot about solving problems. Nanette Schimpf is here from the Moore Agency and Dr. Gabrielle Gabrielli, a business consultant and leadership coach. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Today's show is called Sorry, not sorry. And it's all about not feeling bad about having ideas. And women, this is specifically for you. I wonder what, whether or not you will hear yourself in this show and get some ideas for ways that you can craft your communication skills so that we don't start conversations with, maybe somebody has already thought about this, but, or I'm sorry for the delayed response, but, or I'm not an expert on this, but have you ever had conversations like that? We all have. And we have also been that person saying those things and writing those things. And today we're going to talk about our habit of pre-apologizing, over-apologizing, and ultimately how to adopt confident communication strategies. And my guests are uniquely prepared to speak on the subject. I'd like to introduce Nanette Schimpf. She's vice president of the Tallahassee-based integrated communications firm, The Moore Agency. She manages projects and inspires people to solve problems and create success. She has a degree in communications from Florida State University. She has honed her expertise in public affairs, legislative affairs, and media relations during nearly 20 years with the Moore Agency. She's managed award-winning campaigns for clients ranging from law enforcement to the medical industry. And fun fact, she's honored to serve as a member of the Bradfordville Volunteer Fire and Rescue Department. I think that is a really cool thing that I got to find out when I inter interviewed her as one of the 25 women you need to know in Tallahassee. And also with us today, Dr. Gabrielle Gabrielli, another 25 women you need to know in Tallahassee, an award-winning author and consultant. She's a leadership guru. She is a legend in Tallahassee beyond just having the coolest name in town. <laughs> She's a John C. Maxwell certified coach, speaker, and a trainer. She enjoys helping people and organizations clarify and achieve their goals through strategic planning, goal setting, and developing their leadership skills. Her consulting firm is Gabrielle Consulting, Inc. She also heads a nonprofit organization called Life Worth Leading that uses SCUBA, to help people tap into their unique strengths. You've got to read some of the success stories um, about what Life Worth Leading has done to help people move into a life that they are leading. Uh, check it out online. And at some point today, I'm going to get coachy with you with some tips on feeling better about not feeling 
bad. Are y'all ready? We are. We are absolutely ready. All right, let's get into it. All right, guys, I'm going to start this episode off with a little bit of a quiz. I've got some famous quotes from history, but they've been reworked a little bit to sound as if they were said by a woman in a meeting. Now, I want to make a couple of disclosure statements here. First of all, this is a tongue-in-cheek generalization to illustrate a point. Not all women will see themselves in these illustrations. Just hang in there with me. And second, I did not make these up. I want you to read the full editorial by Washington Post columnist Alexa, Alexandra Petri online where she has a whole story about pre-apologizing, over-apologizing, and why women are over-apologetic in their communications. But first, we're going to have the quiz. I'm going to read the changed-up version, and y'all let me know what the famous quote is. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Here's the first one. Woman in meeting says, Dave, if I could, I could just, I really feel like if we had liberty, it would be terrific. And the alternative would just be awful, you know? Like, that's just how it strikes me. I don't know. So it's that quote, give me liberty or give me... Justice. Death. Death. Give me liberty or give, give me, me death. death. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> We're serious. With quotes. That's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> Here's the next one. The woman in the meeting says, I'm sorry, I just had this idea. It's probably crazy. But look, as long as we're just throwing things out here, I sort of had an idea or a vision about the future. So are we thinking Martin Luther King Jr.? Yes, we are. What yeah. did he say? I had a dream. I had a dream. But a woman in a meeting might say, you know, it's maybe it's crazy. I don't know. Maybe you already thought about it. But I had an idea. Yeah, absolutely. That Here. is amazing. <laughs> I love this quiz. Okay, continue. Here's the next oh. one. Um, I'm sorry, Mikhail. If I could, I didn't mean to cut you off there. But could we agree that maybe this wall isn't quite doing what it should be? Just looking at everything that everyone's been saying, it seems like we could consider removing it. I don't know. Possibly. What does the room feel? Tear down these walls. Ah. Tear down this wall. <laughs> Tear down this wall. Nice. Okay, here we go. I have to say, I'm sorry, I have to say this. I don't think we should be as scared of non-fear things as maybe we are, if that makes sense. Sorry, I feel like I'm rambling. The only fear we have is fear itself or something. Yep, that's yes, exactly. That's it, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so here is the last one. Let's hear if this, see if you can, I'm going to phrase it as a woman in a meeting. You phrase it as a man. I don't want to toot my own horn here, but I have definitely been to those places. And I was just honored to be part of it as our team did such a wonderful job of conquering them. Three things that happened. I came. I saw I conquered. Yes. I conquered. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Do you see how these phrases have been changed? Yeah. And how realistically you could hear somebody saying that in a meeting and wondering, just get to the point. What is it that you're trying to tell us? Yeah. Absolutely. What does it mean to you, Nanette, to be a confident communicator? 
it means that I am best um, I am best expressing the ideas in the room and bringing people together. Consensus really truly does matter, but to to achieve consensus and to achieve achieve success, you know, you have to be confident. You need to be able to. Um, help the whole room understand our goals and what we need to do. And it needs to be unapologetically direct. And we have to, um, you know, be very sincere. But sadly, most women, unless we are warm and competent, we are not seen as competent as men are. So, you know, in the in the space of women communicating, you know, we apparently in order to be successful and to be heard, have to engage in a really warm and meaningful way, whereas men can just be very direct and bold and, you know, communicate, and they are seen automatically as confident and competent. Absolutely. I have seen that as well. So many times it is, there's a feeling that if I am direct, I am being cold. And that's, for some reason, not okay. And I think that we do have a distinction between um, you know, what is cold or what is what is direct mm-hmm. is automatically perceived as impolite. Yes. Gabrielle, do you see this in your leadership coaching? I do. I see this often, and it doesn't really matter what position the person is in, whether they're at an entry level or a top executive, they still have a tendency to over-apologize when they're female. What is the advice that you give when you start seeing somebody falling into this pattern of communication? I try to get them to flip the switch into confident, positive communication. And it's interesting because there was a study done about 10 years ago that was published in Psychological Science. And what it found was that men and women actually apologize about the same about 81% of the time, if they think they did something wrong, they apologize. But the problem is that women's perception of what is apology-worthy is quite different than men's perception of what is apology-worthy. And so before we speak, we need to think, does this warrant an apology? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, I read the same study, and I look forward to exploring that more with you when we come back from our break. This is Coach Healthy Heather. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. We'll be right back with my guests, Nanette Schimpf and Dr. Gabrielle Gabrielli, after a short break. Hey guys, it's Healthy Heather from Heather Solves Everything. I want to thank my sponsor, Kylene and Ryan Studios, a local husband and wife photography team who specialize in weddings and portraits of all kinds. Whatever special event you have coming up, they're your photographers for life. With a combined 32 years of professional photography experience, their unique perspectives shine through in every image you see. Find out more at KyleenAndRyan.com. That's KyleenAndRyan.com. Listen, baby, ain't no mountain high, ain't no valley low, ain't no river wide enough, baby. Listen to the women. We are not sorry, y'all. We've got ideas. We've got stuff to say. We're not being mean, and we're not being bitchy. 
We're just letting you know that we are contributing to the conversation in a totally legit and valid way. This is Coach Healthy Heather. You are listening to Heather Solves Everything. I'm in the studio today with Nanette Schimpf of the Moore Agency and Dr. Gabrielle Gabrielli of Gabrielli Consulting. We, before the break, we're talking about the perception that women often have that we need to apologize for contributing to conversations uh, sometimes in provocative ways or when we feel that we might not have earned a seat at the table or that we are lucky to be there. Even in 2021, we still have this phenomenon. And talking about a recent study that showed that men and women typically apologize the same amount, but that women perceive more need to apologize. Dr. Gabrielli, tell us more about what that what you, what that means to you in your work as a leadership consultant and coach. I think the most important thing is for women to understand that in apologizing or in over-apologizing, they're actually diminishing their message. They're taking their power away. And so I ask them to kind of before they start to talk, and before they start to say, I'm sorry, ask yourself, is this really apology worthy? Do you really need to say, I'm sorry? And most of the time you don't. There are times you do. <laughs> but a lot of times women will say it just because it's kind of part of our language. We, we don't even think about it before we say it. Absolutely. So stop saying it. <laughs> it's so automatic that taking that pause and thinking through what you are about to say can be the difference mm-hmm. to molding a message that is more in line with what you actually want to convey. Yeah, it's part of that negative self-talk. And women just do it so much. We do it in the mornings. We're thinking, ah, oh, I wish this looked better on me. Ah, oh, I wish, you know, I had more time to look like X girl or Y girl. It's, you know, that negative self-talk and apology is indeed part of the problem. Nanette, what do you find are times when an apology really is necessary and that it's appropriate to preface or, you know, to follow up with something that sounds apologetic and when yeah, it's not? Absolutely. Well, you know, in, in, in the workspace, for example, if I miss a de- deadline, you know, certainly I'll apologize to a staff member or a colleague. Um, but, you know, when we're doing great work, um, if something is just a little delayed, that that is not apology worthy at all, you know, because we're doing the great work. And, you know, ultimately, you know, we're all in this boat together. And so, um, you know, apologizing needs to be for something that truly, you know, has really offended someone or has very much inconvenienced someone. I try to ask myself whether or not I am really needing to apologize. And if I do feel that I am, I I try to avoid circumstances where I'm apologizing. Sometimes I find that I'm apologizing for taking a long time to reply to a message. I do feel like that warrants an apology. Um, and so instead of having to apologize more, I just try to stop doing the thing that makes me feel like I need to apologize. <laughs> That's fabulous. You know, you talked about that negative self-talk, and so much of that is modeled to us by you know the women who we have, have lived with. And, and I wonder... Have um, for either of you has who has modeled 
good communication skills or bad communication skills um, and confident communication that you have used to shape your own habits. Annette, how about you? Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting as you're talking, um, I attended a RAD class with the fabulous TPD's Maria Mercurio years ago, and she said women are often targets, for example, in a parking lot um, by homeless people or by someone who has ill intent because we are warm and giving and we're supposed to be nurturing, right? So she said, no, you know, you can say, back back off, you know, stop, get away from me, you know, and so because we're just so, how can I help you? And so that really caused me pause and made me think, you know what, I don't have to approach everything with a really nice nurturing, how can I help everybody in the world's kind of perspective. I need to look out for myself and my children in a parking lot, potentially. Um, you know, in the business world, I watch Karen uh, Moore and Terry Ard, my bosses, um, be very, you know, they're leaders. They lead with boldness and they pro- are problem solvers and they have so much confidence and faith in their team and in this community um, and in our clients. So that that has modeled really great. Let's just get out there and do it and let's not apologize for it and let's be bold. Absolutely. Gabrielli, who has, or Gabrielle, <laughs> see, your name is so perfect that it just becomes one thing. Where have you seen positive and confident communication modeled in your life? That is a great question. And having met Nanette's mother, I think that Nanette's mother probably modeled it a little more than my mother did. Uh, my mother is an amazing person, and her communication has certainly changed through the years, but when I was growing up, she completely lacked confidence, and my model in her was really a lot of apologizing and very quiet, very meek, very, uh, you know, not ever disruptive to anyone, not ever kind of interjecting your opinion, and so my mother has changed and grown as well, but certainly when I was growing up, I would say the first positive role models I had for women in communication besides my teachers were, um, my. I was in Big Brothers Big Sisters. I lived in a, in a broken home and I had, uh, I had big sisters and uh, I had two different big sisters because I uh, lived around a military base and the first one moved away and in both cases they were so confident. And so confident to back it up because you can have confidence without competence and it's never a good thing. (laughs) That is true. Um, You know, so, but the two of them were, they showed me the world when it came to how if you shifted your, your mindset and shifted your, your thoughts and your actions and your words to match that mindset, that amazing things could happen in your life. I love it. That shift of a mindset and I've, one of the most important things to remember about that is that it's a choice. Yes. And I often, with my uh, with my clients, I will use the acronym um, for the word AIM, A-I-M, um, because I want them to first start with awareness. Notice that you're doing the thing. Have awareness that it just happened or it's about to happen and or I'm going back into the situation that I was before that I didn't like. The awareness is always the first place and always awareness with compassion without making an evaluation of how you are going to perform in this situation, but just going in with awareness. And then I stands for um, the impact, really looking at how does this impact my work, my relationships, my goals, my life? How does the fact that this, this situation is happening again 
you know, examining the impact of that. And then the M is for molding, molding that. You have the clay in your hands. This is your situation. And you can take that pause and reflect on how has this gone in the past? How is this, how has it impacted me? How has, how could it impact me? And how do I want to mold this message before I open my mouth and start talking so that it is an accurate representation of what I want to share with the world? And it all starts with that choice to, you know, just be present in the moment mm-hmm. and, and notice that about yourself. Yeah. And it's all about perspective. Um, when something happens, a problem or a challenge, I apply the 10, 10, 10 rule. How will this impact me in 10 minutes? How will it impact me in 10 months or in 10 years? And so that gives you that perspective of, is this worthy of apologizing for? Is this worthy of, you know, taking some action? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, Nanette, what is some of your advice for um, women who might be thinking to themselves as they listen to this, that's me, I know I do it, but I'm just not sure w- what to do about it? Yes, absolutely. Well, being aware, as you said, is most important. Um, and then, you know, retraining yourself. And Gabrielle, you know, has been very helpful in our Leadership Academy of giving us um, tips and techniques and thinking through what we're saying and how we're saying it. But yes, um, you know, speaking with purpose and and having vocal conviction is really very critical. And owning your space, you know, we need to be, we need to own our space. We need to be comfortable and confident in what we're saying and how we're saying it. So it just requires practice at the end of the day, you know, like with anything, um, practice really does change our habits and models or molds um, our behavior and our words. You mentioned that Leadership Academy. Um, I think the connections that we have with those around us are um, part of what helps us to practice. You know, being in in community with others helps us to have the environment where we can do that. Mm -hmm. When we come back from the break, I'm going to share a sneaky way that I apologize, that I am 100% confident you will be able to relate to. Stay with us. It's Heather Solves Everything with Coach Healthy Heather. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Healthy Heather. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. This is the show where we tap into your intrinsic strengths to solve the everyday problems of life. And I need your help. If you've got a problem that needs solving, let me know. It just might make it to the show. Go to CoachHealthyHeather.com and click on Solve My Problems. Submit your idea, send it to me, and you never know, it might end up being on an episode of Heather Solves Everything. You know what my mama said? My mama said, be polite. Use your manners. And I'm not saying she was wrong. I'm just saying that sometimes the way that I interpret being polite and showing consideration to others through manners is misinterpreted as being meek or being apologetic or or kind of sitting back on my words. Now, 
I don't think that anybody who knows me would accuse me of sitting back on my words. I, I sit right on top of them usually and kind of like ride them across the finish line. But you know what I'm talking about. And you're listening to Heather Solves Everything. I'm Coach Healthy Heather. I'm here with my guests, Nanette Schimpf and Dr. Gabrielle Gabrielli. We're talking about confident communication. We're talking about sitting down at the conference room table and sharing your idea without prefacing, perhaps somebody's already thought of this, or this might be a crazy idea, but, and all those other ways that we apologize for having ideas and for sharing ideas. If you hear yourself or somebody else in this episode, I want to hear about it. Visit us on Facebook, look for Coach Healthy Heather, or visit CoachHealthyHeather.com. Let me know what your experiences have been and how you have overcome it. Now, before the break, I shared that there is a sneaky way that I apologize. And I'm pretty sure that everybody can relate to this because I've seen the memes on Facebook. When I am having written communication, I'm writing an email usually, and I'll go back and edit it and, and you know, make it succinct because as a, as a writer, I've been taught edit, 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 say what you want to say in as few words as possible. Sometimes what I'm left with when I take out all of the qualifiers, sometimes what I'm left with feels cold and direct mm-hmm. and impersonal. And so I punch it up with some exclamation points. Is anybody out there guilty of overusing the exclamation point or maybe the smiley face? If I reply to a message that I'm not able to join you for the meeting, I might put a smiley face so that you know that I'm not mad about it, but I'm not going to be able to be there. You guys are nodding and smiling like you know what I'm talking about. Nanette, tell us about the exclamation point. Absolutely. It is just such, you know, if I use more than one exclamation point in an entire email, then I go back and edit because I think, you know, one is good. One is fine. There's several appropriate spots. So one is my limit. Um, So ultimately, some people can view it as, you know, yelling. Some people can view it as just overly enthusiastic, which, you know, damages credibility. Um, And good writers should use words and not so many exclamation points and, you know, emojis and those sorts of things. You know, we should be able to lean on our words and our message um, and not those sorts of things. But it is, you know, I think the world of text has made us like emoji happy, right? So, you know, we're pulling that cat out of the bag a little more often than we should be. Gabrielle, I know you have some thoughts on the exclamation point. I have very strong thoughts on the exclamation point. And I feel the same way as Nanette, that one is my limit. If I see that I have two, I need to stop. But here's the thing that gets me. When people put more than one exclamation point after one sentence, so like three or four exclamation points, and then a couple of sentences later, there's another exclamation point. You know, when you're a teenager, maybe that's okay. But in the business environment, you're just weakening your message. You're taking your voice away. You are diminishing your credibility. In every way possible, your message is just not getting through. And so I say don't use the exclamation point. And don't use the emoji unless you're very close with that person outside of work as well. Yes. 
I agree. The context and the, the 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 audience that you're communicating with is definitely something to take into consideration. I love exclamation points. In fact, I love exclamation points so much that when I was a teenager, I spelled my name with an exclamation point. I was Heather exclamation point. Absolutely. And I tried to adopt it and make it so that everybody wrote my name with an exclamation point because I was that excited. That's epic. <laughs> <laughs> now, didn't Prince do that? Didn't didn't the musician Prince do that? Did he? I don't know. I don't remember that. I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. <laughs> the audience that you're talking to does make a difference. Gabrielle, you you referenced that in business in a business setting, you are damaging your credibility and your message. Have you seen in your um, consulting and coaching work times when women are damaging their credibility and their message by not communicating confidently? Absolutely. Often when there's miscommunication, I have people bring in their emails and I'll analyze them for them and I'll say, this is what this really means. This is what the person on the other end is interpreting what you're saying. They don't see anything wrong with their email until I kind of point out what they're doing, such as over exclamation pointing and emojis and those kind of things just weaken everything. And once they shift to their communication, it's amazing how improved the communication is in the workplace. And I'm not saying men don't do this kind of thing. They just do it a lot less. That really is key, is the balance there. I wonder, I know that, Nanette, you've worked in the legislative environment a lot. And I don't know that that's necessarily a male-dominated field anymore, but it is a very masculine environment when it comes to the communication style. Has there been anything that you've needed to do um, proactively and intentionally with your communication style in that setting? That's a really good question. Um, You know, I don't know that there's anything that we've done differently, though we do interact more with males in the Capitol. Um, I think if you look at male versus female breakdown in the House and Senate, you'd see there are more male policymakers. So that does make you um, be a little bit bolder, a little bit more confident and, um, you know, just working hard to get your issues at the forefront. And so in order to do that, you have to be prepared. You have to come in with messages. You have to bring advocates and you have to really state your case succinctly and clearly. Um, So, you know, so there is a a little bit more of that succinct clearness happening um, in policymaking and advocacy discussions. Absolutely. We often think about confident communication being in the business world. Um, But in the art and culture world, it's just as present. I read um, um, an essay on um, ABC um, Online from Taylor Swift, an interview with Taylor Swift. um, And it says, Miss Americana debuted at the opening night of the Sundance Film Festival to critical acclaim before becoming Netflix's highest rating original biographical documentary film. In an interview about the uh, documentary, Um, raw and emotionally revealing look into who the singer's life. Um, Taylor Swift was speaking candidly about her struggle to deprogram the misogyny that she had in her own brain for how she perceived her own accomplishments that she didn't achieve on her own exclusively, but was the driving force behind. And she says, I'm trying to be as educated as possible and respect others. There's no such thing as a slut. There's no such thing as a bitch. There's no such thing as someone who's bossy. There's just a boss. 
These are all labels. We don't want to be condemned for being multifaceted. And then here's the clincher. She says, I'm sorry, that was a real soapbox. <laughs> That's ironic. And then she says, why did I just apologize for that? She says, sorry, was I loud in my own house that I bought with the songs that I wrote about my own life? And that stuck with me. These labels that we create, these labels that we apply, mm -hmm. we are making up based on how we perceive others expect us to be. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, deprogramming, that is a great word. Um, because, you know, we are, we are taught to be nurturing, sweet, kind, um, you know, to celebrate other successes, yet we doubt our own or are, are less apt to discuss them or celebrate them, you know. So deprogramming, I think, is a key word that, that, that hits the nail on the head. You know, we have to understand we're doing great things. We're meant for great things. We're raising little girls to know they can do anything and be anything. Um, and the words we use... Are, are just as important. Absolutely. To those girls who have things to say, you may have been described as bossy. <laughs> That's a good thing. Let me tell you what. You have a cadre of women who have gone before you who are fist bumping to you and saying, right on, sister. There is a difference between communicating confidently and being a jerk about it, mm -hmm. for lack of a better word. In our next yeah. segment, I'm going to get a little coachy on you. We're going to talk about ways that you can tap into your unique strengths to develop and cultivate confident communication skills in your life. It's Heather Solves Everything. We'll be right back. Thank you to my sponsor, AK Social Strategies, a locally and woman-owned business that provides social media and email marketing for small businesses. Every client feels the love when their social media is curated thoughtfully and personally. With purpose and intention, social media is a business must have, but it's time-consuming and ever-changing. Let AK Social Strategies take the wheel. Find them on Facebook. Just search for AK Social Strategies. <laughs> I hope you are dancing wherever you are. You don't need to apologize for that. Nothing wrong with having good ideas. Standing up and talking about them. I'm Coach Healthy Heather. You're listening to Heather Solves Everything. I don't do it by myself. I've got two guests with me today. Nanette Shimp from The Moore Agency and Dr. Gabrielle Gabrielli from Gabrielle Consulting. They are both here with me to talk about confident communication. The problem we are solving today is when you feel compelled to apologize before you share your ideas. We have already talked about ways that we do this, ways that we can start shifting our communication, the damage that it can bring when we don't pay attention to it. And now 
I'm going to get a little coaching on you with some tips for developing and maintaining confident communication habits. All right, guys, you do not have to figure this out in a vacuum. There is so much stuff that you can learn about confident communication. I encourage you to tap into your local resources, those organizations for women like Toastmasters, not necessarily a women's organization, but one where you can definitely find success in Toastmasters, where you can learn positive communication, succinct, clear communication, public speaking and then other networking organizations that um, especially uh, cater to women um, so that you have that, that group of kindred spirits. And I recently discovered another tool that you can use. Did you know there is a Google Chrome plugin called Just Not Sorry? And this has been downloaded over 33,000 times. I had no idea this existed, but it will warn you when you start writing emails using qualifying words and phrases that undermine your message so that you can change it before you hit send. So it's kind of like having like a little miniature Gabrielle on your shoulder <laughs> who, who comes over and says, are you sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> Let's review. Do you guys think that you would use something like that? Would that be helpful for you? I think so. I mean, I, you know, somebody developed it. It's popular. And I think that it applies to a lot of us, you know, women and men alike. Absolutely. And young writers, you know, young writers for sure. Kind of like when you're about to hit send or you do hit send on a, on an email and then Google says, hey, it looks like you were mm -hmm. going to attach something. something. Yes. <laughs> Did you intend to do that? <laughs> oh, thank you. So check it out, guys. Just not sorry. It's on Google Chrome. Second tip. Think about what your message actually is. Be clear on your views and your message. Take some time to clarify exactly what it is that you want people to come away from the conversation knowing mm -hmm. and the call to action that you want them to be inspired about so that you don't um, cover that message up with a lot of other words that 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 don't relate to your message. Gabrielle, I know that some of the, the coaching and leadership training that you do is about, um, you know, finding your own inner strength of, of identifying your own leadership skills. Um, what do you have to say here about, you know, really understanding your message and what it is that you want to share with others? Well, first, I think it's important to identify where all this is coming from. And typically, it's from insecurity and fear that cause us not to have positive, confident communication. And as Nanette was saying previously, when we have that little voice in our head or we're comparing ourselves to other people, that's, the, that's that little voice that's not good in any way. And so I have a saying that true transformation to leadership begins when people overcome fears and self-limiting beliefs to get out of their comfort zone and into their strength zone. So I encourage people to get uncomfortable in order to get to the next level, in order to have that confident communication, get uncomfortable. Do things that are outside of your comfort zone in order to challenge yourself and gain confidence. And as you gain confidence, your communication confidence will also show. I think about that uncomfortable space as being like a doorway. And the doorway has lots of static in it. Like there's lots of radio static. There's lots of energy. And it's very, it can be emotionally loud. 
because it is uncomfortable and it's a place where you've gotten to the end of how you know how to be. But that is the most important place to stand because that is where you're growing as a person and, and that's where you are evolving. And it can be scary and, and absolutely um, it can be tempting to just kind of turn around and go back to where it's safe again. But nobody comes through the other side without having learned something and, and become a more well-rounded person in general and a better leader by going to that uncomfortable place and doing so in you know, being, being strategic in the sense of practicing that in a safe place, in a safe group, um, which brings me to my third, which is connect with mentors. Find your tribe. Nanette, you were just recently talking about, you know, really having that positive influence. Tell us a little bit about how you encourage women to, to connect with their mentors and how that can be beneficial. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of industries mentor. So we mentor students in the communications field. Um, so if you need some professional mentoring, absolutely, it is so worth it to connect with those that you role models in your industry. Personal mentoring as well really matters. I was telling Heather earlier at a break that, you know, I go by a bagel shop and all these sweet old Tallahassee men are meeting and talking and having a great time. And I'm like, we need to do that. I need to do that. I need, you know, I need to plan some of that time in because we're all so busy like working with the kids and the family and the house and the dogs right in our jobs but we really as women need to plan that time to be able to connect and grow as people together because nothing is more nurturing than women you know breaking bread or gathering and really sharing that's where we grow like we are today have you found in the professional world that women are uh, shy away from those experiences because we're so competitive with each other? Interesting. You know, certainly there is a level of competition, but when you make friends, the friendship comes first, you mm -hmm. know, and we're happy for each other when great things happen to the other and we really help each other grow. So, you know, that's another mindful thing. You know, let's be mindful of we're not competitors, we're friends, we're, you know, members of a community together, members of that tribe. Absolutely. Gabrielle, you are so well-connected in Tallahassee with so many organizations that, that allow that space to develop your skills. Do you have any recommendations for where somebody can find a tribe of like-minded women that they can connect with and practice these positive and confident communication skills? You mentioned one earlier, Heather, Toastmasters, and while it's not limited to women, I think it's an incredibly important nonprofit organization that helps people all over the world improve their communication skills, and so that's one I highly recommend. Personally, I'd say the Leadership Academy is excellent because we don't just focus on positive communication. We focus on ways to change your language uh, that will benefit you and those around you. I think also... There are many professional organizations and volunteer opportunities. And so where I find many of my networking uh, opportunities are through volunteering. And then another thing is, is exercise groups. So I do running. I'm in two different running groups, and we run different nights of the week, and we'll meet in a park and run. And many of them are women who are actually really cool, and they have different professions, and we talk about things while we do our run or uh, cycling groups is another thing that I do a lot of. And, you know, I, I just always find opportunities to meet people and engage with people and learn about them. And I never look at anyone really as competition. 
as Nanette said, I think that if we just kind of view each other as being in each other's tribe and lifting each other up as women, that that really helps everyone. You guys, you heard it here first. We are all in this together. If you're looking for women in Tallahassee to practice these communication skills with, you've got three friends right here. Get in touch with Nanette Schimpf. You can find her at themoreagency.com. Dr. Gabrielle Gabrielli, you can find her www.gabrielleconsulting.com. And me, Coach Healthy Heather. You can look for me online, coachhealthyheather.com, or just look for Healthy Heather on Facebook. We are out of time for today, but tune in next week on Real Talk 93.3 at 1 p.m. for a new episode. You can also hear the expanded edition of today's show on your favorite podcast app on Monday morning. Stay in touch with me and the show on Facebook. Just look for Coach Healthy Heather. We're here to let you know that you've got this. Take time to think through what your message is. Look for the opportunities to speak confidently. Connect with other women who can help you practice the communication skills that are going to get your message across clearly. And when you start noticing that you feel like you need to preface your message with a disclaimer or a qualifying statement, pause and take aim. Use that awareness, identify the impact, and mold that message into something that helps you feel fierce. I hope that something great happens for you today. I'm Coach Healthy Heather, and I am always here to help you solve everything. Status confirmed. This problem is solved. Well, that's it for this week, guys. We did it. We solved another problem with a little help from our friends. You can be a superhero, too. Check us out online. That's where all the information is about how you can jump in and start solving everything. Heather solves everything with a little help from everyday heroes.